A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Sorry. Keep rolling. <laughs> Everything okay over there? Yeah, sorry. What's it called? You! What is you! About? It's called you! I've never done a show on measles. I, I just completely give up. We gotta get up. It's out. a show I, I give up. called you on Netflix. There's a show called Loring on Netflix. 550 corporations in the Fortune 500. Guess what? I misspoke. 55 corporations in the Fortune 500. The vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID and does not prevent you from transmitting COVID. Oh, my COVID. goodness. Reality, oh, no, and we have that's seen that. not so. Come on. No, it's, You've been at Fox TV enjoy. You don't have to enjoy. You don't have to listen to me on that. You don't have to listen to me. You can listen to the director of the CDC. You can look at the CDC's website. Well, as usual today, the most idiotic moments on television were on The View. Um, and, you know, it just goes into, plays into personality. I mean, mm-hmm. it just shows that this is not an analytical discussion. This is not an honest debate on, on subject matter. This is a, a performative um, display of fealty to a set of beliefs. And that's it. And that's what you just heard on the, on the view there. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> by the way, we're waiting for the Rittenhouse thing. So we'll stay away from that for as long as we can because the it show will be useful. It could come back useful, anytime. Um, so let's, let's listen to that. Let's start listening by listening to the view uh, host today. Joe Biden's up in New Hampshire. Nothing too big happened up there. He stood in front of a, a rusty bridge to give a, a uh, we need trillions more infrastructure money talk. And it's probably a gorgeous New Hampshire bridge is just fine, uh, but you know, why, you know, why, why keep something that's functional at a time when people can build things? Uh, all right, 
So here we go. Here is Jedediah Bia Bila on the view. Mm-hmm. Now, she was a co-host at one time, wasn't she? Yeah. She was kind of, she swung in before McCain, I think. Mm-hmm. And she is a conservative, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, so here you go. Now, she is, they're all in the studio, and she is on the Zoom camera. Uh, and here we go. Okay, Jed. So let's discuss. Yeah. Let's address the elephant in the room because you were supposed to join. You yeah. were supposed to join us in the studios mm-hmm. weeks ago, but you couldn't because ABC has a very strict policy. Uh, you can't get into this building unless you're fully vaccinated. Everybody in this room knows that and is vaccinated. But you made a conscious decision not to get the vaccine. Now the CDC says a person is ten times less likely to be hospitalized from COVID and eleven times less likely to die if they've gotten the vaccine okay so why didn't you get it yeah so my story is a little bit unique i'll share that first before i get into those cdc numbers but remember we have I only actually a have certain a medical... amount of time jed if you want to get everything yeah, in i have so i want to i want to let people know why i'm not there i have a medical exemption to the vaccine that's been written by my infectious disease vaccinated specialist in new york city that's been co-signed by three other doctors i'm not a candidate for this vaccine i also have sky high multi-tiered multifaceted natural immunity, very, very high. That has also been proven. It has been shown and it is substantiated by letters from these doctors. So for me personally, this vaccine poses a greater risk than a benefit. I'm also not a risk to any of you. I know. Now, uh, hold on. She is, uh, she's had it. I assume that means. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. She says, I'm also not a risk to any of you. There's been a lot of debate about that, but I have these doctors who've gone on record with that as well. So, My point about all of this is that I am not anti-vax. What I really want is for people to make these decisions for themselves. I want every one of you to sit with your family members, to sit with your trusted doctors, and to say, what is the best decision for me? However, I do oppose mandates. I oppose them on the fact that Let's look at the science. This is a vaccine that was created to prevent severity of disease and to prevent hospitalizations. Now, we can have a whole debate on that in itself, but the vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID and does not prevent you from transmitting COVID. Oh, my COVID. goodness. Reality, well, no, and we have that's seen that. not so. Come on. No, You've been at Fox TV. She said the vaccine does not prevent you from transmitting COVID. Mm-hmm. It lowers your chances of transmitting okay. it. But... So I'm going to go to this right here. This is uh, from the... Uh, um, C- but it doesn't C- prevent it. Vaccinated people can transmit the coronavirus, but it's still more likely if you're unvaccinated. Yeah. So, okay. So it's... what you It said reduces is... your chances, but it doesn't stop you so, from being so, able to transmit it. We're right. trying to get banned from YouTube again today, I guess. Right. Which, which kind of shows you um, the P-Town thing. Right, exactly. Right. Okay, so what she said was absolutely true. This is as if Fauci said it, but no. These true believers are on a mission. The new uh, evangelism teaches that no matter what, vaccine good, anti-vaccine bad. But don't they all say this all the time anyway? Like, I mean, they know there's breakthrough cases and they're always saying like that that's why the unvaccinated are supposedly a risk to the vaccinated because the vaccinated still have a chance of getting it, right? Otherwise, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated wouldn't be a risk to the vaccinated. So obviously you still have to be able to get it in transit. Otherwise, otherwise there'd be no risk for you. But I mean, like even the initial trials, like decrease the chances of symptomatic infection by 95%, right? Right. Like, so, and that was like pre-Delta and whatever, but the, 
the whole thing is, is, is it reduces chances. It's not sterilizing immunity. Right. So what she said was absolutely true, inarguable. Yeah. And but, liberals but, say but, it. It's not even political. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You've got three other people there, independent thinkers, supposedly intelligent Ugh. people. None of them know this or care to know it or hear it. Yeah. It is remarkable. In this, of course, now it gets worse. Now they're getting upset at her. You don't have to enjoy. You don't have to listen to me on that. You don't have to listen to me. You can listen to the director of the CDC. You can look at the CDC's website. That is why masks were reinstated for people who were vaccinated because they said, and they admitted, they came out and said, this for this Delta variant, transmission is going to be a thing for vaccinated and unvaccinated people. I'm not opposed to the vaccine, but I am opposed to the mandate 100% people have died from COVID, including... Isn't that the perfect... Isn't that the perfect rejoinder? That is the perfect progressive rejoinder. You know what? No. You have to say... Stick to the exact true believer script. 762,000 people have already died from thinking the way you do, so stop. But I just, I don't even think, like, I think they would make her same points. Like, if you ask them, like, is it still possible for you to get COVID? I mean, didn't a bunch of them get COVID the other day? Like, a month ago? Didn't a couple of them test positive and have to go home in the middle of the set because they, yes. because they tested positive? So they well, know, did. didn't, I thought it was, I like, Joy, did. two so, of them did, on yeah. The View. But I thought that, like... We know there are breakthrough cases. That's a thing. Like, if you ask them, is there such a thing Alice, as breakthrough cases? Like, I don't people. understand what and that the is argument a way, is. That is a way to say, simply say to shame you. You know, stop arguing. Stop believing crazy stuff, even though it came from Dr. Fauci. 762,000. The dividing line is very clear. The demarcation line is very clear. Bad people like, you know, maybe like Aaron Rodgers are on one side and uh, the other people who don't want to take the vaccine and bad people are on one side. And then all of us who say yes to everything and take everything, always yes, vaccine, yes, everything, yes, we're on another side. You said something, Jedediah, that sounds like it's coming from a- another side. So no, even, even though they could Google it, they could have a producer shout it into one of their ears saying, no, she's right, guys, don't look like a-holes in the next two and a half minutes. But nobody did. It is remarkable how easy, how at hand this information is. But yeah, I mean, like, I just, maybe Dr. Fauci's right to think that people can't handle, uh, you know, being given the information and making a decision. Because I don't think the hosts of The View are capable of taking in information and then making a decision afterwards. They just want to be told what to do. Take vaccine, good. 760,000 people died. If you don't take the vaccine, you're responsible for that. Right. That's all they're, they want. They're getting... They uh, don't want to be told, here's the data, and, you know, talk to your doctor. But, you know, what she's saying is actually giving them information that could only add to their safety. That bit of information that you can still spread it and get it if you're vaccinated, that is something... But they know that, too. They think that, too. It's just that she's saying words and she didn't get the vaccine, so they have to disagree with the words coming out of her mouth, even though they don't actually even disagree with what she's saying. I see. So anything <laughs> that she says on COVID now yeah. is bad because she's um, an apostate or something. Yeah, because she wouldn't get the vaccine. So she's automatically Joe Rogan taking horse meds. And right. there's no, like, we can't... Nothing she says we can possibly accept... At any level, any premise of it. In-laws. 
And I just, we've been friends a long time, but I just, uh, Manny. This is her, the other woman saying, by the way, her in-law parents died from COVID. And we've been friends a long time, Jedediah. So I don't, you know, you're essentially, when you, if you say that, what you're saying, you're um, Killing them again. culpable in their death. Yes. So, you know, I, I hate to say, so don't go around saying that if you get the vaccine that you can still spread it. Because that don't go on saying that. I, I don't. These parents, I just don't understand why you would choose to prioritize your personal freedom over health and safety of others. And so I just, I'm I just, per- I just so really again, don't think that we should again, allow Sonny, this kind of misinformation again, um, on, again, on Sonny, our website. Again, Sonny, I am prioritizing. We've had the United States Surgeon General debunk. Yes, I heard what he said. Everything that you've just said, and I, I just don't That's think we should, he wouldn't. we should. So when you allow have the this kind of misinformation on, all, on our air, I'm, yeah, I'm really sorry. First of all, I'm really sorry. She's now they're trying to get her talk. What talks. I just said to you is, I am prioritizing my health, and people talk about the common Over good. Over the health and safety, you're not going to have a common good if you're not prioritizing your own health. You Over have the, the surgeon health and general. Safety. This should sound very. So this should sound very familiar you to you, Jed. This should sound very familiar to you. We got to go to break, and so I have to say, uh, thanks to Jed Wheeler, you can buy Jed's book, Dear Hartley, starting today. And everyone in the audience, you're each going home with a copy. So let's listen to Dr. Vivek Murthy on the subject. Can I get COVID-19 if I'm already vaccinated? COVID-19 vaccines are safe, effective, and can give you peace of mind. Even if you're among the minority who get COVID after vaccination, the vaccine prevents nearly all cases of serious illness, hospitalization, and death. Get vaccine facts at cdc.gov. There you go. So, yes, you can get it, is what he's saying. And that's what we're hearing here, and that is the the truth, and it's not something that they want to... Oh, this is a, here's, oh, this is classic Tom Shattuck. This is the shirt I was wearing yesterday, but now with food stains on it. There's a good snapshot into my life. I just saw it because Alice had to go out, so now I'm seeing myself in the monitor. <sighs> this is, you want the real me? This is the real me. There you go. Uh, another thing, another news. I just think it's fascinating that that people are they're not interested in a search for a truth or knowledge or any even coming to a consensus. It, they're simply interested in repeating the mantras, the mantras of their team, and that's all that matters. And I know that this happens on both sides, but with this, I mean, be, I obviously now this vaccine stuff is is political but there's it's not against her side to say that vaccinated people can still uh spread covid it's not anti-vax to say that but like alice said he she just refused to get the vaccine i think because she already got covid and so she's bad and so she has to shut up it's like well how is anybody supposed to have new ideas and come to new conclusions and broaden uh this discussion whatsoever when there are stalwart um pillars that cannot move must not move i mean then what do you do i'm like what's the reason for the view then by the way the view is the the worst thing for feminism in the history of entertainment you've got a group there of profoundly stupid people and they're um, arrogant as well, which is not a good combination. But to say, oh, come on, come on, don't, you know what? Come on, don't say, I, you've, 
you know, you've uh, 721,000 people have died already. It's like, you, what is that supposed to, what does that have to do with anything right now? So because 721,000 uh, people have have died of COVID, we can't, we have to limit conversations to only the script that I have, and you can't use any of your own talking points? I mean, if that's not a closed-minded way to escape, withdraw from an honest debate, I don't even know what it is. It's like, we're, by the way, you're signing on your libel now for some of these 700,000 deaths if you don't comply completely to my script. Shut up. God. So that is what is happening at The View. Uh, here's a little bit of Joe Biden today from New Hampshire. If I hear one more person tell me how Wall Street built America, I think I'm going to... Anyway. So obviously he's never heard in his life anybody ever say Wall Street built America. Obviously, you know, Wall Street wasn't here at the inception to begin with, but fine. He, this is one of his old things where he just sets up these straw men and it goes to his own old canards. It's like it's like when his dad said, Joey, a job's worth much more than a paycheck. It's like, his dad never said that to Joey and whatever. But seriously, the middle class built, built, built this country. Usually and they've been left the out. Trickle-down economics does not work. To rebuild the economy from the bottom up and the middle is out, middle out is what I wanted to do. Of the listed billionaires in America, you know how much money they made in the last four years? One trillion dollars. I'm a capitalist. You want to be a think. billionaire and a millionaire? That's great. Good for you. But pay your fair share. They're paying exactly what you've ordered them to pay through legislation. So pay your fair share. They're, they've been paying exactly what they're supposed to be paying. That's it. You've decided over the last 50 years in Washington, D.C., what fair share means. And they're abiding by it. 400 corporations, 550 corporations in the Fortune 500. Guess what? I misspoke. 55 corporations in the Fortune 500 made $40 billion last year. Did not pay one single penny in taxes. Who does who pays it? Y'all pay it, as they say in Southern Delhi. Y'all do. As they say, yeah, you know, corporations are made of uh, people. People pay taxes, so it's it's just BS. But you know, they're going with it. It's 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 an old tried and true thing for Democrats. I don't even know actually how tried and true it is. You have to be a very uh, single layer thinker to fall for it. But he's going to try it, and they're making their push. I actually saw a pretty pretty concerning piece in the Hill today talking about uh, Biden slowly making progress on the second infrastructure. I hope it's not true. I think it would be a big kick in the teeth and the worst possible thing we could do considering, considering we're dealing with um, inflation now. And that would be uh, not good, not good whatsoever. The other thing was trending today is this Bill Maher clip about old people, and I swear... I swear that I had this weeks ago and played it for you guys, but it's out there, it's trending as if it's new, and people are acting like the people are tweeting it right now, so I guess it was in my mind, I guess I imagined it. But it's a great defense of old people in condemnation of young know-nothings. Japan has a national holiday called Karonohi, Respect for the Aged Day. You know the reason why advertisers in this country love the 18 to 34 demographic? Because it's the most gullible. Yeah. A third of people under 35 say they're in favor of abolishing the police. Not defunding, 
but doing away with a police force altogether, which is less of a policy position and more of a leg tattoo. Thirty-six <laughs> percent of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism. But much of the world did try it. I know millennials think that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened. But it did happen. And that is a, such a millennial thing. I, I've, oh man, it's my worst pet peeve with people younger than myself who say, oh, well, he wasn't even born yet. I remember talking to some kid a couple of years ago, well, maybe, maybe 12 years ago now and whatever. And we were, I was playing some kind of bump music. I was, I was producing then, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, this is uh, Led Zeppelin. Uh, have you ever even heard of Led Zeppelin? And he said, no. And I said, yeah, they were huge in the 70s. And he said, well, I wasn't even born yet. It's like, oh, well, well then. Then they didn't happen then. They didn't happen. They, you know, it's this chip in the shoulder that young people have that, that somehow that makes them cool when it's a total demerit. I like music from the 40s and 50s, too, and I wasn't born yet when, it, when that happened. Who cares? The idea is that smarter people uh, learn stuff from times when they weren't born yet and from places where they weren't. You know, that's how you get a bit of a knowledge base. See, I wasn't born yet. Well, I wasn't there. I'm like, Shut up. Sorry. Back to Bill. There are people around who remember it. Pining for communism is like pining for Betamax or MySpace. <laughs> so when you say you're old, you don't get it. Get what? Abolish the police and the border patrol and capitalism and cancel Lincoln. No, I get it. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. Correct. If you say, let's eat in the bathroom and in the kitchen. Yeah, that's a new idea. But I wouldn't call it interior design. <laughs> you think someone 80 is hopeless because they can't use an iPhone? Maybe the one who's hopeless is the one who can't stop using it. Mm. You think I'm out of it because I'm not on Twitch? Well, maybe I get Twitch, but I just think people watching other people play video games is a waste of time. <laughs> Twenty percent of Gen Z agree with the statement, society would be better off if all property was owned by the public and managed by the government. And another 29 percent say they don't know if that's a good idea. Here's who does know. Anyone who wasn't born yesterday. Hey, here we go. Well said. Bill Maher, once again, great. He's not always great. This this weekend he had on, um, who do you have on? Oh, God, come on. He had on Adam Schiff. And he didn't ask him anything about this Steele dossier. I thought, that is piss poor, man, because you really should. Because Bill Maher himself, maybe that's why he didn't, because Bill Maher himself had stepped in it. He was a big pusher of the Russians, big believer in all that crap. And that's been uh, totally blown out of the water as being completely false and just uh, totally fraudulent. So we're waiting still for the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, the case to be over. Let's see, has anything happened? Kyle Rittenhouse... Sorry, my computer's running slow, guys, because it's old and it is uh, just about uh, it is just about had it. Let's see the latest. Jack Probosiek, whatever he was saying that the um, the <laughs> Babylon B is great. Babylon B has a, a tweet. Kyle Rittenhouse asked to step outside and defend the courthouse while verdict is being read. <laughs> 
Jack Pope is like, I can never do it. Is a, is a big Trump guy. He is saying that um, that uh, the two members of the jury are afraid to um, to uh, do anything. To um, the two members of the jury are afraid that they're going to be doxxed and have their lives destroyed. But I don't, I don't see it. Um, I, I mean, I just see his reporting. I mean, I don't. I enjoy some of his tweeting and this and that, but I don't. Um, I don't see it backed up anywhere, anywhere else. But as of now, it is not. It is not. The verdict has not been rendered as of now. Anyway, that's just where we are. Dang, I wish it was. That would really make life easier for us, if it were. Um. Yeah. No, I'm not seeing anything as of yet. Um. But. It was odd today. At one point, you know, they do it by lottery, so that so you you pick six people to send home of the jury pool, and the judge had Kyle Rittenhouse pick his own people at home. I don't know if that's a thing, but it seems a little bizarre, especially if you'd want to if you'd want to uh, maintain the integrity of the case. It just seems bizarre. Maybe it's a thing that happens in Wisconsin, and that happens all the time. But it's, you know, the outside world is not familiar with Wisconsin courtroom goings on, and they will not see that. The people who, it, depending on how where the decision comes down, if Rittenhouse is, is found not guilty, they'll see that and say that that's totally shady. How are you? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Um, but I'll talk about the Jerry thing, which is that, to my understanding, the, uh, I mean, having alternate jurors isn't weird. They always No, do. I know that. But to have Kyle... But to have him pick them out of a hat is unusual. Yes, uh, that's like not that's bingo. not a common thing in Wisconsin either. It's hard to imagine how that could have an impact on the jurors since he's choosing them randomly in front of everybody. It's like I don't really see how like he could like somehow be picking ones favorable to him or something. But so I mean, like I I don't see how it could possibly make an impact, but the it looks bad, and it you know throw it in the pile with the other conspiracy theories about the judge, and you know what's weird about the like conspiracy theories about the judge is that, you know, <clears throat> we talked about this a bit the, you know, um the America ringtone and the you know the quote Asian joke that wasn't an Asian joke mm-hmm. that happened, but um. It's crazy because this isn't just um, a conspiracy theory that's like on the fringe that this judge is somehow like biased toward Kyle Rittenhouse. So I went yesterday to click this news story because Reuters, which is hard news in theory, right, Mm -hmm. had this news story that said, while the spotlight is focused on U.S. teenager Kyle Rittenhouse and the three men he shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the judge in the case has at times taken center stage in the murder trial so who is the judge presiding over the wisconsin case so i think like oh that's interesting it's going to be like a profile of him as a jurist right like you know as his legal history like what kind of reputation he has like they've gone and done some reporting to tell us like more about him by the way the news is that the jury has gone home to to continue deliberating tomorrow okay no verdict which doesn't bode well for kyle rittenhouse well so what people are saying online, unsubstantiated to the grain of salt, Jack is that they're Pope scared. Yeah. Saying they're, they're scared. That people are scared to, because 
obviously there have been people trying to film them. The cops have had to mm-hmm. get involved. They're, I mean, they're George ready Floyd's to riot. George brother outside. was out there, you know, saying that we're going to get him. It's crazy. Yes. It's obviously jury intimidation. It shouldn't be allowed. And, you know, it, it could end up in a mistrial potential. I mean, if they, if they refuse to uh, come to an agreement, then that's a mistrial. But it could be a mistrial with prejudice. If, uh, which obviously also won't make people happy, but that means that they can't retry it if it's with prejudice. That means, like, you know, this- maybe that wasn't George Floyd's brother. Maybe it was um, Jacob Blake's brother. Jacob Blake's brother. He said, "Yeah, maybe it's Jacob Blake's brother." Well, anyway, so I was looking at last night. I went to like look at this Reuters profile of the judge to see like what information they had about him because Reuters like has reporters and stuff. They could go find out like. What what's his history of rulings in Wisconsin? What's his reputation like as a judge among the legal community mm-hmm. there, et cetera? But um, and you know they so you start out the article and it just talks about his you know like how important the judge is because he's going to give the instructions to the jury and whatever. Like okay, and then it says he received his bachelor's in law degree from Marquette University uh, in Milwaukee, according to media reports. So Reuters is telling us stuff based on media reports. They didn't go find out if he got his degrees there he served as kenosha county's district attorney before going into private practice and in 1983 he was appointed to the court and is the longest serving active judge in wisconsin's trial courts according to reports he ran unopposed for office in 2020 for a six-year term the trial has provided some glimpses into his personality on veterans day he asked everyone to give a round of applause to those who had served in the military the judge then asked if anyone in the courtroom had served. Only one person indicated that they had, a witness for the defense. Uh-uh. At multiple times throughout the trial, the judge's cell phone has sounded with the ringtone of God Bless the USA. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, when are they getting to the part where they did research into the ju- like into something else right. about the judge? Right. It's not just random things people have been tweeting. As the court was preparing to break for lunch on Thursday, Schroeder joked about Asian food. I hope the Asian food isn't coming, isn't on one of those boats from Long Beach Harbor, he said, referring to the port of Long Beach, a major gateway for U.S. Asian trade experiencing congestion and delays. The comment prompted criticism from groups working for racial equity, such as Asian Americans advancing justice. It's kind of far afoot from now that we're sitting down with the Asian equity, equity group. Yes. Before the start of the trial, the judge ruled that the three men shot by the written, by Rittenhouse could be called looters and arsonists if evidence supported those descriptions, but banned the word victim to describe them, as he said was customary in his courtroom. Do you have any reporters at Reuters? Can you go find out if that's customary? Can you ask some lawyers if that's a common thing? Some courtrooms do do that because, you know, they're not a victim until somebody's been convicted of a crime against them is the idea so mm-hmm. it's biases the jury if you call them victims he told prosecutors to call them complaining witnesses or decedents this is a long-held opinion of mine which a very few judges i guess share with me schroeder said uh and then uh it talks about him admonishing binger for trying to bring up things that he was told not to bring up in the trial by mm-hmm. the judge previously um, and it talks about how he yelled at the uh, prosecutor again, and then um, the article's over. <laughs> so, nice His job. His career was in this case. <laughs> it is. Who is he? Well, we know exactly what you've all tweeted about it. That's what we can tell you about him. I mean, that's incredible to me that they're just laundering random things Joy Reid tweets about the judge and 
putting it out there as a hard news story that's going to be picked up by like on wire services. What? I I mean, explain this. How can they possibly have put that out as news? Yeah, it's horse crap. It's BS. They're a respected organization ha! in theory. Well, yeah, I mean they're no. they're they're rubbish. But well, right. yeah, but I mean, like in theory, they're supposed to be like they're the gold news, standard. News, right? right? It's not supposed to be like you know idiots like we have at the Boston Globe or whatever. It's supposed to be like serious well, like well, journalists. Yes, it's supposed to be, but I mean that's I mean believe me, the AP is is, is worse routinely. I don't know. I just found that I just found it incredible, and I found the presentation of it as like we're here. To, we did some research. We're going to tell you a little bit more about the judge, and then they tell you just literally that's, trending Twitter. That's topics. a writer or editor being angry at the judge. That's what that is. That or is, trolling for clicks, maybe. like because it's like all things that have been trending on Twitter about the Asian food and about the whatever. Like uh, I just I find it so incredible. I. I was blown away by that. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. Believe, I'm just, uh, I'm so used to having to deal and snip around AP stuff. I'm so used to it in my former capacity, which thank God is over. Uh, you know, so along those lines, along the lines of journalism and uh, newspapers, um, we discussed, um, we discussed Jonathan Carl. He's got the book on Trump betrayal, which officially came out today, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he teased or promoted his book with the audio he has of Trump saying Trumpy things like this. There was a report, excuse my language, not, not mine, it was in the report, yeah. uh, that you talked to him uh, that morning and you said you could be a patriot or you can be a did you, did you really say that or is that, or is that a incorrect? Uh, uh, I wouldn't dispute it. Really? I wouldn't dispute it. Which, total Trump, I wouldn't dispute it. He stands by that. Were you worried about him during that, that siege? Were you worried about no, his safety? No, I thought he was well protected, and I, I had heard that he was in good shape. No, you I heard those chants. That was terrible. I mean, was, you know, the... He could have... Well, the people were very angry. They were saying, hang my Because it's, it's common sense. How can you... If you know a vote is fraudulent, right? Yeah. How can you pass on a fraudulent vote to Congress? You know, Trump, a guy... Kind of known for being disloyal. He's loyal to some people. If you like him and you say, hang Mike Pence, he will defend you. No, no, no. So anyway, those are But I don't even think he's just ignoring the whole hang Mike Pence thing. He's not saying it, it's common sense to hang Mike right, Pence. Right, but the normal sensibility would be to explain away that away and condemn it. But right. he's just like the people are angry. Okay, It's honest. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not upset. I don't care about, about this. But here's the thing. So Carl is... Using his is right. promoting his book then, so this is the New York Times write up of his book, Betrayal, by Jennifer Cezali. She says that the headline is in another Trump book, a journalist's belated awareness steals the show. By the looks of his formidable resume, the veteran Beltway journal journalist Jonathan Carl shouldn't startle all that easily. Easily. Carl has covered every major beat in Washington, D.C., including the White House, Capitol Hill, the Pentagon, and the State Department, his author bio notes, and has reported from the White House under four presidents and 14 press secretaries. Until recently, he was, at, he was the chief White House correspondent for ABC News, a perch that placed him, as he put it in the title of his previous book, Front Row at the Trump Show. Yet in his new book, Betrayal, the final act of the Trump Show, Carl comes across as almost poignantly ingenuous and polite to a fault, 
repeatedly flummoxed by what he saw in the last year of the Trump administration. Front Row, which had the unfortunate timing of being published in March 2020, before the consequences of Trump's governance were fully laid bare, began with a solemn tribute to, quote, objectivity and balance, and a complaint. She's condemning that. It's, it began with a solemn tribute to, quote, objectivity and balance, and a complaint that, quote, the mainstream media coverage of Donald Trump is relentlessly and exhaustively negative, end quote. Just a year and a half later, after 750,000 American COVID deaths, an attack on the Capitol, I'll repeat that. Just this is just essentially the view. This is mm-hmm. this is the same topic as the view. As a matter of fact, just a year and a half later, and after seven hundred and fifty thousand American COVID deaths and an attack on the Capitol, Carl allows that the quote Trump show may have been, uh, um, in fact, more sinister than mere theatrics after all. This is her reviewing his current book, by the way. This New York Times writer. She seems to be so far reviewing him, but there we go, Jonathan Carl. Um, another Carl quote, I have never wavered away from my belief that journalists are not the opposition party and should not act like we are, Carl maintains in betrayal. Quote, but the first obligation of a journalist is to pursue truth and accuracy, and a simple truth about the last year of the Trump presidency is that his lies turned deadly and shook the foundations of our democracy, end quote. She said, betrayal is presented as an inside look at what happened in the last months of the Trump White House, beginning February 10th, 2020. At the time, news about a novel coronavirus in China was percolating throughout the United States, but staffers in the White House seemed more immediately threatened by Johnny McEntee, a 29-year-old former quarterback who went from carrying President Trump's bags to becoming the director of the presidential personnel office, responsible for hiring and firing of more than 4,000 political appointees across the federal government. McEntee saw it as his duty to purge from the executive branch anyone deemed insufficiently loyal to the president. Less than a year later, on January 1, McEntee would send a text message to Mike Pence's chief of staff, insisting that the vice president had the authority to overturn the results in the November election. He pointed speciously to an episode involving Thomas Jefferson, Jefferson as an example. The full text of the memo is one of several scoops Carl's, uh, Carl offers in the book, along with another memo from McEntee's office sent less than a month before the election, outlining why Defense Secretary Esper should be fired. Carl also says that Trump threatened to create his own political party, backing down only when Ronald McDaniel, the Republicans' head, countered by threatening to give away the valuable email list of his 40 million supporters for free, effectively making it impossible for reaching out. Um, okay, here we go. So this is this is where we go. This is where we hit the view, essentially. Mm-hmm. During the same interview, Trump reminisced about the speech he gave on January 6, twenty one, shortly before the attack on the Capitol, calling it a very beautiful, beautiful time with extremely loving and friendly people. Carl, at least inwardly, in Carl, at least inwardly, was aghast. I was taken aback by how fondly he remembers a day I will always remember as one of the darkest I have ever witnessed, he writes, adding that Trump seemed to justify the death threats made against his own vice president. It boggled my mind, Carl says. So here's the author again. It did? Carl's expressions of surprise are so frequent and over the top that they are perhaps the most surprising parts of this book. Betrayal is less insightful about the Trump White House and more revealing of Carl's own gradual, extremely belated, extremely belated awareness that something in the White House might in fact be awry. 
Events strike him as wacky, crazy, nuts. He delves into the outlandish conspiracy theories around the presidential election, earnestly explaining why each of them is wrong. He scores a number of uh, on-the-record interviews with Trump world insiders, nearly all of whom insist that even as they publicly sided with Trump, they were brave, bravely telling the president some very tough truths in private. Um, so, anyway, the... The point is, is that she lambastes Carl. For not being anti-Trump enough. From the very beginning and seeing his craziness from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, um, because as far as she could tell, this was Hitler who started, uh, who invaded the Sudetenland in 2016 and was just continuing a long campaign, which is how many uh, frantic hysterical lefty That's why the reaction of, to ever, of, from everybody on January 6th was, now do you see? Right. Even though nothing had happened before that, that was a freestanding right. event. Yes. It didn't even really involve him per se as much as it did, you know, it, it was a riot. It was a mob and they there should have been a lot more protection at the Capitol and there wasn't and Trump should have called it out sooner and he didn't, but like, you know... He didn't. He didn't lead an attack on the Capitol. But still, Trump was terrible that day. There's no Trump no, was no, terrible yes, that day. Absolutely. Sure, but he was also not terrible, and he was terrible other days too. But he was also not terrible a lot of days too. Right, right. This is how she ends. The Trump era blew a hole through all kinds of institutional norms and presuppositions, revealing vulnerabilities and blind spots. It probably speaks to Carl's decency as a person that he didn't want to contemplate anything so terrible. But for all the high-minded talk in his books about the journalistic pursuit of accuracy, he gives little indication that he had the imagination to handle the truth. Biden was worse, by the way, on Afghanistan for like a solid week than well, Trump well, was on one day there are on still, January 6th. There are still people stuck in well, Afghanistan. Well, no, I know, but at least Biden's well, off vacation now, which well, is like, he just like hid for yeah, but the, a huge amount of time. The January 6th is still going on for Biden. <laughs> we abandoned the Americans there and they're still abandoned there. They're still knocking well, right. in the door. So, yeah, but it, you're absolutely right about that. And But I'm saying in terms of Biden's behavior, purely him, like yes, not no, showing exactly. up and taking responsibility like Trump should have done that day. Like, Right. He, you, you can point to January 6th all you want. Afghanistan was way worse than January 6th. So, of course. like, Biden already beat it in just a few months. Congrats. Right. And, yes, so, so this is why, like, this is the New York Times book review – and they're so, and she proves right here that she's still hysterical. Well, yeah, she's they still just... out of her head. She's still lost her mind, insane now because she can't manage to review a book without lashing out at a guy for not being as upset as her and not being as hysterical as she is. Be hysterical like me. Be crazy like me. Stay up and take Percocets and Xanax and worry <laughs> like me and, and drink way too much wine like me. Be like me and upset. Be freaking just off my mind, unhinged. And it's crazy. And it's like the same thing with the, the View people. You know? Be all in with it. What are you saying? Stuff that's not exactly that, that, that everybody has to get vaccinated. Anybody who doesn't is evil. Why aren't you saying exactly those things? Just like why aren't you saying that Trump is an evil despot from the beginning? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, yeah. And it's incredible because, you know... Trump obviously is a flawed person and people were obviously pretty sick of some of his flaws by mm-hmm. the end of 2020. Uh, but, you know, and like it, it's 
a meme because people say it so often, but it's really true. All they have to do is not act crazy and they can't do it. They can't do it. Like, all you have to do is take the W, respected journalist Jonathan Carl writes this book that's critical of Trump and shows what a disaster it was and how terrible it was. But you can't just, you know, accept that it's a book and be like, wow, this is a very interesting look and very, very sober and unbiased look into the Trump White House. Right. You have to act so crazy that now it reflects on you being even more nuts than Trump. Right. I mean, if this were, if the Times were a, a real organization, the editor would say, um, <laughs> Jennifer, I'm noticing that this is making you very upset. Um, maybe you should step away from this one and write about other things. And pl- please don't try to tie in your politics with it. Yeah, don't... Um Use the book review page as therapy because it's not like go see someone. Take a mental health day. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's just amazing. And that's but we've seen this. And also, it's people like her and her colleagues. They ginned up this crazy, frantic coverage of this guy from Mm -hmm. day one. From all the every the daily stories, the freak flipping out over his text, the daily stories. When they were just upset, like I've said many times, with Jake Tapper with the para athletes um, mm-hmm. who are disabled, and Trump said it's hard for me to watch because I don't have much time. And CNN Chiron says Trump says it's hard for me to watch disabled athletes. <laughs> yeah, for that with the when they were with the Indians, for him saying Pocahontas, all this other stuff that it like is not stuff to be crazy, but but in. And, like, anything. Oh, my God, Kanye's in the office. Kanye's in the Oval Office. Can you believe that? He's defiling it. He's a crazy man with Trump. Now, see what he's... It's like they couldn't stop themselves for one second. Everything was a disaster. Everything was horrific. Do you remember when he had a And so they read each other's work, and they believed every piece of each other's work. Like, oh, my God. You're right. He had a steak. He brought out burgers for a visiting team. Look at the burgers. Look at the burgers there and the teams. He... He had a stake. He didn't tell the press corps where he went. He defied all the norms. Like the day two after he got elected, they were upset that he went out and had a stake without telling them where he was because it broke all the norms. It was bizarre. They had to, else, they had their own Oscars for themselves called the White House Correspondents' Dinner. They were so upset about him that they had to cancel it. They canceled it. No more. We can't do this in a time of emergency. Oh, what a bunch of. But they're now taking the book written by that person and saying that person's not crazy enough. Right. Okay, not good enough. No, be all in on this. Be psychotic like the rest of us. Be Jen Rubin. That's who you have to be at the very least. Be Jen Rubin. Uh. I don't know. I'm disappointed in everyone, but... I don't know. It made me think of this like thread I saw the other day on Twitter where people were talking about how like there is this move away from using the SATs at um at colleges, right? To for, to get people in because it's supposedly biased or whatever. And um and um what's her name? Megan McArdle, the that like libertarianish person. Yeah. Uh, she wrote about it. I got into Penn with a 2.7 GPA, though improving steadily throughout high school, and parents who couldn't afford to make donations. The weird, smart kid who didn't do homework because they were too busy writing a novel was definitely a character in the Ivies in my era, not anymore. And somebody else replied, high standardized test scores plus low GPA seems to be common among those who are low on conformity and grow up to be interesting thinkers. Which is, of course, why those high on conformity want to make it all about GPA and extracurriculars. 
You know, which is such an interesting point because you think about like who's running all the elite institutions. It's people who go to the elite schools and live on the coast and know each other and are wealthy. And like when you when you get rid of just like pure smartness, which obviously the SAT isn't a qualifier for pure smartness, but it's a standardized test or an approximation for like smartness. Whereas things like what interesting extracurriculars you do, like if you're on the sailing team and Mm -hmm. like if you wrote a good essay and the grades that you got in school are much more dependent on like your upbringing and your background and what type of school district you went to and how rich your parents are and everything. And like, um, and it selects specifically for people who are group thinkers, who are like people pleasers, fit the mold, do what the teacher says, Mm -hmm. follow the rules type of people. And you don't end up anymore in schools with the weirdos who maybe like weren't very good at like getting their essays in on time, but like could still ace SATs because they were smart enough and maybe they're crazy. And like, yes, a higher percentage of them drop out and you know, a lot of them never amount to anything at all, but you do end up with more like free thinking people who challenge consensus and end up to doing interesting things and leading research and thought and politics and everything else in interesting directions. Whereas right now we have like this elite class of people who have like middle management brains. They're all like the boss in um, office, office not space. office space. Yeah. They're all like competent, mm-hmm. like know how to like be a part of society people, but they're not but, like... No, you, but there's definitely a ceiling. You yeah. Could, right. They're, they're <laughs> generally not very interesting. <laughs> yeah. But like we've specifically selected for that. And that's like what the people on The View are and all the other people. Like it's... It, we have a problem where our elites are not very elite. No. Oh, she didn't do the snap. Honey, can you help him with his snap on on. his jammies right there? Let me see. Sally didn't do the snap. Imagine. All right, we'll see you in a few minutes. All right. Um, Should we wrap it up, Alice, uh, till uh, ce soir? I think we're pretty close to done, and since we can't really... There's nothing to say about Kyle Rittenhouse, since you said they went home for the night, so I guess the riot will be tomorrow night. That's right. Uh, so you can check in with us then. Uh, in the meantime... Hold we on. Are, I gotta play the Laura Ingram thing. Oh, people, just oh sorry, I forgot here. about that. It's Laura Ingram today and Raymond Arroyo, um, and who's he, he's always on. He's kind of a snarky guy, entertainment reporter. And this is either... I, I think it's real, because I don't... I see her as being legit here. But uh, but this is an exchange. There is apparently a Netflix TV show called You. Had you heard of it? No. I hadn't heard of it either, <laughs> but it does exist. And she gets confused when he's uh, talking about it. Antidote to the politics and all those woke storylines in so many shows today. You know, I was watching an episode of uh, You where measles came up. Wait, wait, wait. It, when it, did it, I it, mention measles? I don't know. It was on You. Wait, what? What, what, what was on me? What are you talking about? Right? What is, the, is the really measles hearing what I'm and saying? The I never had the measles. Was on you. We never did a. We never did a measles and vaccine episode. Am I? Is this a joke? I, know. I don't even know what it, you're talking about. It was on you. It was on you. I've never had. Raymond, I've never had measles. What are you talking about? This is stupid. It was an episode of a show, Laura. What's it called? 
You. What is you. It's called you. I've never done a show on measles. I, I just completely give up. We gotta get it. It's on. a show I, I give up. called you on Netflix. There's a show called Loring on Netflix. What are you talking about? I'm moving on to Adele. I can't explain this to you. The pop about? singer had an Okay. What are you, you don't you're not buying it? I think it's a bit, obviously. No. I mean, it's they're doing not. it on purpose. It's like a who's uh, on first thing. Yeah, right. But I don't think I don't think first of all, it's a little disjointed to roll into your who's on first routine in the middle of the entertainment report. But what was he no gonna say with about no reveal, the show you? With no reveal. I don't know. I don't know. He's running out of time. I don't know. I can't believe you, Cynic Ellis. Since, since I don't you, believe you, you it. I think you it's know why? fake. You know why? Because you're a suit now. That's why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, everyone. Until tomorrow, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. We're also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast and Burn Barrel Podcast.com. Um, we're, at, for the moment, still on YouTube, although Tom's doing his best to get us kicked off by talking about vaccines every day. Uh, but we are also on Rumble, just in case, so make sure you follow us over there in case we do get kicked off. Uh, you can email us, too. That's uh, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Two more hogs got the fever. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.